your brand is not permanent. It is ever evolving. But the first place to start is really about listening, staying informed, and being armed with relevant insights that matter. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. The buyer's journey has changed as they are more informed, more educated, and buyers are choosing how they want to purchase. They do their homework well before you even engage or attempt to deliver your own sales punchline. If a sales professional or even a sales organization, if they choose not to adapt to this ever-changing environment, to the changing landscape of technology when it comes to the digital economy, and if they choose not to be agile enough or adopt to their buyer, how they're going to leverage their social tools, how they're going to eventually engage with the people they want to do business with, they're going to be left behind. Or dare I say, they'll eventually go out of business. What does this mean? You may have to enhance your own digital presence. We're fortunate today to be joined by a good friend of ours, Matthew Rudder. He's a leader, an author, and he's here to share about his journey. And we're going to learn a little bit about his new book, we're going to dive into his life, his experience, and talk about social selling, discussing this evolution, the changes in the market, and why this is crucial for you and your organization. Matthew, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm real excited to be here. Uh, you kind of summarized everything I was going to say, so I think we can just cut it at that. <laughs> <laughs> You're too gracious. Matt, we're going to talk about your background. We're going to talk about your book, From Clicks to Clients. Uh, proven strategies for the digital area. What a perfect time to introduce this material to what we're doing as professional leaders. But let me start at the very, very basic. Matthew, what is digital selling? And then tell us how this inspired your book. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, digital selling is really just using anything online to connect with your customers, right? So it could be from nurturing client relationships, from outreach, Right? You think of the traditional channels that everyone's heard about in sales, direct mail, cold calling door to door. This takes it up another step. Email was probably the first entry into it, but then with the advent of LinkedIn and social networking, you start to get this whole array of other tools and services that are out there. And I'll be really clear, digital selling is not meant to add more to your plate. It's meant to help with efficiency. I'm a huge proponent of working harder and smarter. I want to do 50 hours of work in a week in 20 hours because that frees up more time. It's more efficiency. So honestly, digital selling is really using online to connect with your audience and really tailor your approach based on what you can learn from your customers or even prospects, preferences, or interests. This is Danny. Matt, thank you very much for breaking that down. A lot of times when people look at that word, they're just confused because there's so, there's so many words out there today when it comes to identifying selling, how to talk to your clients, how to interact with your clients. But as you said, you know, we're trying to take 50 hours worth of work and cram it down to 20 hours a week. And if we actually take advantage of this tool and take advantage of what's made in front of us, we can actually interact with our clients better today than we ever had before. Now, what are some of the best practices for leaders, for organizations that want to stay ahead of the curve? What kind of strategies should they deploy in order to adapt and take advantage of the buyer in this social landscape? Yeah. And to be honest, like we're, we're going to talk about a lot of terms and I'm probably going to say a lot of different things, social selling, digital selling, digital sales. It's all synonymous. Everyone's got their own flavor of brand and what they prefer. And most sales teams are doing some of this today. Like I mentioned email, a lot of people have shifted from cold calling to cold emails, but a lot of this is putting content out there to your prospects. It's pushing stuff. First with social selling, the most important thing to do 
is not to add more to your plate, but you got to listen. It's all about active listening and understanding what are the conversations happening out there in the industry with your customers, companies, what they're even saying, and then becoming part of the conversation, right? A lot of the time, it's a no ask. It's simply just engaging and being part of the conversation. You're not going to go from zero to expert right out of the gates. It's all about first listening, understanding what's important, and then slowly becoming part of the conversation to stay top of mind and relevant. And over time, what that does is it builds, let's call it thought leadership or advisory, right? Like you want to elevate to that level where you become the trusted resource for a given topic. So let's just say in real estate sales, right? We'll take it out of B2B. You want to be the go-to person for everything happening. How are interest rates fluctuating? What's happening where I live in Cleveland in the housing market? Like that is how you can elevate your brand. Now I'm in tech sales. So I work specifically with our partner community. I focus really heavily on engaging in conversations about what's what our partners are doing, where they're having success. That's my brand. And to be clear, I've shifted my brand at least three or four times. So your brand is not permanent. It is ever evolving. But the first place to start is really about listening, staying informed, and being armed with relevant insights that matter. This is Danny again. I really appreciate you breaking it down. You talk about the real estate. You're talking about finance, even with your own partners. You have to be able to speak their lingo and you have to be able to relate to them. And you have to be that source that people want to go to, as you stated. Now, if all those three things work together, it seems like you have a formula for success. As you said, sometimes you have to change your brand a couple of times or you have to adjust, which I think is fantastic because the last thing you need to do, you want to come across in, in the social world or a digital world uh, as stale, as you're not relevant, as the information you have is not something that people want to go to for advice. I mean, think about the interest rate that has gone up for houses if people are trying to buy property. If you're thinking about the fact that everyone's going to the cloud and, and cybersecurity is a big issue, if you're not talking about any of those things, then people aren't going to look to you as a resource. Now, when you are adjusting yourself to become that brand, to become that expert that people are going to, how do you measure the effectiveness of that social digital strategy that you're doing? How do you measure the effectiveness? And then as you're measuring this, how do you incorporate that into your new playbook? Yeah. And to be clear, again, no magic bullet here, and you will not see results out of the gates. It, it is a slow, consistent process over time you have to dedicate and carve out time to be active and engaged. And the easiest place to start, honestly, this sounds funny, but literally fake it until you make it. Understand what people are saying, slowly start to comment, get comfortable. And then it's about finding content that you think is relevant. When I say content, it could be anything. Easiest place to look is your company's blog and sharing that and actually inputting your opinion as a comment on it, like having an opinion about what you're sharing. And that's really the easiest thing. The best way to actually understand your engagement, and we can get into this at a later point, but there's a lot of tools that can track if you're going to share a link with a prospect. How many people are actually clicking that link? Did it resonate? But it also makes it a more informed follow-up to say, hey, a lot of my customers found this article I sent them really interesting. Is that something you found interesting as well? Knowing that they probably actually clicked that. You can tell on LinkedIn, they provide metrics on impressions and how many likes you're getting in comments. That stuff is impactful. It tells you how much of a reach you're actually creating. And over time, again, by small, daily, consistent actions, you can see that your impressions and reach should be increasing over time. And that's just a really good barometer. The hard thing about social selling, and I think why people give up so early, is we live in this world of immediate gratification. Like you post a picture on Instagram and you're like, do I have a hundred likes already or comments or not? Like, was this a good picture? And you start to second guess yourself and then over time, you just stop doing it. That is 100% of the problem. You have to stay with it because it is really hard to say, I sent this customer a great article and six months down the line, we signed a $500,000 SOW. It's a little bit intangible, but it is about creating your brand and persona of how you're actually delivering customers and becoming that go-to resource. So it does take time, but it is very methodical. You don't have to invest a lot five to 10 minutes a day is enough as far as getting started. And again, I've covered some of those ideas in my books on how to get started, but you got to start somewhere, right? You have to actually take that first action of figuring out what should I be talking about? How do I define my brand first? And then how do I listen to those conversations and then get involved? We will be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce 
that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Matthew, this is David. I'll tell you, you're going to be surprised because some of the things you're stating, I, I've been itching to want to ask you, and we're <laughs> going we're gonna to get into it, but I, I want to I hone in on something that you said. And if you're listening to this program today, and you love the content that we're bringing more than that are the guests that we're introducing to you. Make sure you're downloading these episodes. Make sure you're following what we're doing because we want to continue to bring you incredible voices of leadership like Matthew on the program. Matt, you, you talked a little bit about listening skills. For someone like me as a professional who focuses on public speaking, soft skills training, listening is vital. Asking the right question listening for what's not being said. These are things that are being revealed even on the social media level. You also mentioned it's important to be consistent. I love that. Can I ask you from your perspective, how do you leverage relationships? Let's say on uh, LinkedIn, for example, now you could actually do a follow. You could follow certain personalities and people. And when they start to put out certain posts, then it'll come up on your timeline. So how do you leverage relationships towards that? Because it's not just, hey, I read this great article. We're all following, let's say, Simon Sinek. We're all following different personalities and different organizations. How do we leverage those toward opening opportunities for us to gain access to our clients or to prospects? Yeah, it's about being mindful, right? And sometimes customers don't know what they need most of the time I found in my sales career. We kind of have to tell them. A lot of the time, if you're like, I used to do this when I was working for a company called Vocus. I was like, hey, when do you want to get started? Customers don't know. We're selling a software as a service. We can create the start date at any point. You have to actually lead them and guide them down the path. Now, not everything's going to stick. Like that's the hard thing, but you kind of have to put it in their mind. So, you know, you find something related to, let's just say internet of things, right? In supply chain, everything's connected. 
And you see some of these industry trends and interesting articles. And even just sharing that by email or on LinkedIn directly to someone, it shows that you're actually thinking about them. The best thing is if it, you can pull it back to a conversation you've had and make it super relevant. Like, hey, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about X, Y, and Z. Here's an article I found that I thought was really interesting. Wanted to share it with you. Would love to hear your thoughts at some point. It's kind of a no ask, ask, but you're just saying like, hey, I remember what we talked about. I would like to talk about this at a later date. And they may have no interest, right? It may not be on their timeline or they might not have even thought about it, but you're bringing a new idea and the hope is that they walk away with more questions. But you're the one that's inspiring to lead them down the path by helping to get these things in front of them that they're so in their world, they can't see the forest through the trees. They're, they're not thinking about these big ideas. And I'll be honest, you know, a lot of salespeople and we take the easy way out. We do kind of the easy thing. You have to go like a little bit of a step beyond to really pull them forward as opposed to following their lead. This is Danny. And uh, I have to jump in there. My brother and I, as we grew up as twins, sometimes we have <laughs> to fight each other to see who get the next word in. And so I know if I don't ask a question, David will jump in ahead of me. So Matt, when we think about, and I appreciate you talking about that, because a lot of times we, we just post a post or we regurgitate what our company may say. We actually have to be a little bit more proactive. We actually have to think about our, our client at the end of the day and how we can actually interact with them and how we can come across as a thought leader. When I think about uh, how we're doing these social selling strategies, and, and sometimes I, I look at how do you know which social tools to go out there? I mean, how do you know which platforms you use? Are you, are you using um, X, formerly known as Twitter? Are you using <laughs> TikTok? Are you using LinkedIn? Uh, there's so many different platforms. I always ask myself, are you supposed to post on all the platforms or should you only post on the platforms where your ICP is at, where your ideal client is at? What are your thoughts? I mean, as people are starting to get involved or they're starting to really get heavy into social selling, what platforms should they be posting on and, and how do they know where the ICP is located at? It's a great question. And, and it takes a little bit of trial and error to figure out where they're going to go. And I think first, again, it's about listening, figuring out what LinkedIn is primarily used for. I find it a lot for career, professional, what's happening in industries or at companies. So you may want to use that as more of a informal update. X or Twitter, it's like sound bites, right? It's quick stats, things like that. And, you know, Instagram, TikTok, posting pictures if you're really in a visual industry or if it's videos more prevalent. So again, let's like go back to the real estate example. It's something that, you know, I've invested in real estate with my wife. Um, TikTok or Instagram is a perfect platform for that. Like, especially if we're trying to rent our place. Now, this isn't a corporate job, but if you're a real estate agent, talking about just the trends that are going on and posting infographics, people love visuals. Or doing a video of a home tour and, and showing what kind of properties are on the area. That's going to appeal really heavily to that industry. Now, in something like medical device, you might say like, hey, here are some quick statistics and X might be better or LinkedIn might be better. If you're in, let's just say financial services and you want to talk about, hey, here's why you need to be investing in a 401k to try to gain more financial advisor clients, something like, you know, Instagram could be a really good fit to show those infographics, but LinkedIn as well. So you're not going to necessarily have the same engagement. And again, kind of tracking those metrics will help be the guiding light of what you should be using, but you need to think about your audience. Where do you think your audience is? And I will admit timing is super important as well. Like LinkedIn, you should be active Monday through Friday, eight to five. Anything outside of that, no one's probably paying attention, right? But Instagram after work upticks pretty significantly. Same with X because people have the free time. So it's all about figuring out where your audience is at, using some of those metrics to track it, but also thinking about what kind of brand are you trying to put across? For me, it's more thought leadership again to technologies and partners, which I find LinkedIn is really great. But for something like the book release that I did, I used LinkedIn, I used X, I used Instagram, and I used Facebook. And I kind of used it across the board. The other thing that I'll also add to this is a caveat. You want to have a consistent presence across every profile. So you don't want to have you with cool shades on on Instagram and then a really professional photo on LinkedIn and then some other just NFT on X. People are going to get confused. They're not going to see the consistency across the brand. You need to be synonymous across all of them. Now, I don't personally use LinkedIn a lot for you know business. So my brand is a little bit different there, right? I showcase my photography skills and some of the things we're doing within real estate. So it, it doesn't meld 
but I keep a separation there on purpose, but you should maintain consistency. So people get comfortable that if they see you on LinkedIn and then they see you on Instagram, they're very familiar with who your brand is. It's more likely to increase your followers. And then you'll start to see those metrics from likes, comments, engagement, and reach slowly starting to piggyback on each other. This is Danny. And I appreciate you saying that consistency. You don't want to be on one platform wearing a full three-piece suit and then the other <laughs> platform you're wearing uh, swim trunks or something like that. And, yeah. and people are confused. As you said, the branding has to be consistent. I also like the fact that you stated when you should post. So one of the great things I love about LinkedIn is that when you do a post, you can actually schedule the post. Yeah. Uh, you can, there's a scheduling, a little clock you can schedule and say when you want the post to go live. So I can do five posts in one day, but I can have a schedule to go out once a day. And that yeah. way I don't have to figure out, hey, it's Saturday, maybe I'll do all my, all my posts on Saturday and then I'll have it scheduled to go out throughout the week. So I think it's very important to understand uh, that when you use these tools and when you use them tools, if it's eight to five, as you stated, some tools, clients are off of work. And so they're going to actually use these social media tools instead of those social media tools. And you just got to be aware of where to use them. And I think that's fantastic because depending on where your client is at and depending on how you want to interact with them will help determine how many clicks you're going to get. <laughs> how, yep. It's going to help you with that, those, that ROI. It's going to help you with the, the, the reach out to those clients. So I appreciate you talking about all those things because it's very important. Uh, when we look at your book and, and we look at turning digital interactions into client relationships, can you give us a little bit strategy or a little bit more insight on how we can make that possible today? Yeah. So I think it's outlined in a couple different ways, right? So the first thing again is figuring out what is my personal brand? So I have an exercise in the book that I think is the foundational place to start. And it's a really simple exercise. And after each chapter, I have an exercise because my goal is to get people to think about this and how to start it. That is the hardest process, but once you automate it, it's ready to go. So figuring out how to get going. The first thing that I'd like to do is think about four key questions. The first is what are your strengths? skills, and expertise as a sales professional. And again, I'll, I'll caveat, my book can be for anyone, even if you're not in sales, developing your brand. So really important to understand that, but who do you want to come across as? The second, what personal qualities are relatable to your target audience? The third, what values do you want to convey your online presence through? And then the fourth is, how do you want to be perceived? You know, what emotions or thoughts or personas do you really want to evoke? And once you do that and outline it, it'll start to help you think like, this is who I am. This is who I want to come across as to my customers. And I, I have a bonus exercise in there too, which I really like is try to condense that down into a concise statement or tagline. And the reason I wanted to do this is this is actually perfect for LinkedIn. So everyone in, I think the biggest trend is everyone's just like, here's my job and here's my title as my tagline. That's really great. Like it tells people what you do but it doesn't tell them what you do for your customers. So you got to think about it through the lens of how do I help my customers? So again, let's go to real estate. I think it's a really easy example. And it's just one that I'm familiar with. Like I help first time home buyers find their dream. That's beautiful, right? Like if that's really what you want to come across as, like I help uh, real estate investors understand where they can find the best ROI on rent, on vacation properties, whatever it might be. For me, it's, I help simplify technology into business outcomes. A little bit broad, but if you're in a very specific technology space, you can say, I help customers understand when to move to the cloud from their on-prem infrastructure. You're creating this idea of how you're helping your customers. Most people treat LinkedIn as just a resume. It's for when they get jobs. You actually should think about LinkedIn as how it actually relates to your customers, because that's going to be the first thing your customers see when you start to engage and reach out and how you're helping other customers, as opposed to just what your job, your title is and who you work for, right? So you want to make it impactful. And that's why I really like that concise statement, but you got to start with your skills, your qualities, what you want to convey, and then what thoughts or emotions you really want to provoke from your audience. David, and I want to share for all those who are going to listen to this episode, what Matt just said can't be understated. You've got to be able to break down who you are as a leader, as a professional, and it's giving you a way to get, kind of get a snapshot into how you discover that. These exercises, these four key questions that you could just get in there and say, where do I start? How do I make this happen? Will get you to the point where you can actually define your tagline, your why, as Simon Sinek would say, and it goes beyond just what you do. It's how you do what you do for the people you need to interact with. 
This is what he's talking about. This is your brand. I remember a few years ago, one of my keynote speeches was about developing your brand. And I talked about how your brand was more valuable than even Coca-Cola, Google, Microsoft. And you had people in the audience just gasping like, what? What are you talking about? And then when I told him, you are your brand. You have to understand the ability you have to impact and the ability you have to inspire by being consistent in who you are. Every time you speak, every time you interact online, that is reinforcing what your brand is. So what's your tagline out there? When people see you, what are they hearing about who you are as a leader? I love that. Thank you so much for touching on that. I love that you said we've got a personal brand. You're not just, I, I'm working for Amazon. That's what, as a matter of fact, I, I bring Amazon yeah. Web Services up because that's Matthew's company. But you're <laughs> not just Matthew, senior you know, leader at, at Amazon. You're actually a professional and you carry yourself in that way. And you know yeah. what's interesting about you, Matthew? You mentioned Memphis. You mentioned real estate. This is something you're passionate about. You and your wife and your little dog, Leo. That, that's what your, you guys are traveling around the country. This is what you do. This is who you love. This, I mean, this is what you're about. And I think what's interesting is your energy conveys who you are as a person too, how you carry yourself in conversations. These are things that are so important. Matt, I want to ask you something else that you touched on a little bit in your book, but I, I want to go beyond that. I want to ask you, what inspired you to write your book? And how could people get a hold of your book right now? Because I don't want to go into every chapter. And what I love about it is I've been able to get a, a snapshot of every single portion of your book. And it's, it's very simple to follow. But what inspired you. you to write this book and how can people get it? Yeah, it's really funny. So I think a lot of the time in sales, like we have kind of this imposter syndrome and especially working for Amazon Web Services. Like I am blown away by the smart people I work with. Now, obviously I know I was hired there too, but like I talked to some people and I'm just like, oh, I'm, I don't think I'm equipped to be in this conversation. And then I started just putting myself out there and throwing out ideas of like, hey, what if, what if we tried this? Or what if we do this? And people are like, that's a good idea. And I was thinking to myself, Oh, that seemed like table stakes to me. Like, is that not a well-known thing? And then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I should just speak up more and be more vocal and, and have an opinion and, and talk about it. And then I've been doing some development coaching. So I have a personal coach that I've been working with for the past six months and towards the end of our six month session. And now it's moved on to quarterly. Um, he was like, Matt, you keep saying this idea about writing a book. Like just after we get off this call, save a file called my book and then just start putting stuff in it. And I, I thought back about my career. Like, I didn't think my career was anything special. Like, I started with a lot of people in sales. I've been through two recessions at this point. Um, I've had success, right? Like, that's awesome too. But I was like, is what I have to say really impactful? And I really thought back to like, how did I get to where I was today? Like, where did I really latch on to this idea of personal branding? And I worked at a company in DC called Vocus. They were a PR software as a service company. And the more I was talking to companies about how they could better manage their brand through press releases, traditional media monitoring, social media monitoring, so they could respond. This was early days of Twitter. So, you know, someone's stuck on a tarmac and they're like, United, this sucks. Like, give me a free upgrade. And United responding back, I was like, here are the success stories of like developing your brand. I started to weave that in. And I would actually agree that like up until that point, I was a mediocre sales rep. I wasn't great. But once I started to figure out my brand and like what I wanted to convey and how I was going to nurture these relationships and not just be turned off that it wasn't a sale today, but that it could be a sale in nine months. My timing was just wrong because sometimes it's the right message at the right time to the right person. That's when I really started to hit my stride. And, and looking back, it kicked off a really great 13-year career for me of a bunch of accolades. So when I started to think about that, I was like, I actually have a, a strong opinion about personal branding. And I've done some internal coaching and, and trainings with some of the sales teams I've worked with on like how I do this, like how am I consistent on LinkedIn? How am I finding content? How am I being relevant and top of mind to my customers? And it's basically my sales process that I developed, but I wanted to take it as a very 101. I could certainly go into 102, 103, but I just wanted to make it easy for salespeople to get started or anyone who's interested in building their personal brand and what they want to convey. And, and that's really how it started. My coach inspired me. And then I thought about how did I get to this point and really pulled it all together over a period of a couple months. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, 
brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employees' skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. They all have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Danny, and I'm inspired by the fact that you said you're coach. And yeah. I really like that. It just made it very simple for you. Very simple. A lot of times we have what I call experts in the industry today. And if it wasn't for the age of the internet, if it wasn't for age of cloud, if it wasn't for all these things, we would have to learn through so much errors, so much failures to become better. But instead, we could take advantage of IP, your IP, your expertise that's in your head, Matt, as you talked about before, even from your previous, uh, previous work that you've done. And you were able to, over a small period of time, because you just added to a daily, make a book that everybody can take advantage of. Now, I'm going to encourage everybody out there. Look, we have access at our fingertips. Yes, when you think about buying this book, you can go to Amazon and you can buy this book. You can go to Barnes & Noble, you can buy this book. And, and I'm sure Matt will say go to Amazon because he works for Amazon. But you, you <laughs> Buy it wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> buy it wherever you want. But what I'm telling you is that, look, you have access. The answers are right there in front of your fingertips. And Matt says, look, he gives you work, a workbook, like activity to do after each chapter. I mean, literally within 10 minutes a day is all it takes. And you can master these strategies. You can amplify your brand. You can get your expertise out and you can elevate who you are with just 10 minutes a day. It is really easy to do. And, the, and these are simple tools. So I'm going to encourage everybody out there. Take advantage if you're not receiving leads, if you're not receiving clients, if clients aren't reaching out to you because of what you're doing on social, then grab this book. It will actually help you. Matt, I want to ask you a real quick question. Can you just highlight an example of maybe someone who has read your book, who has implemented your, your, some of the, the strategies, your four-step uh, strategy you talked about? And found success and just had to write you an email, send you a note, do a review on Amazon and said, Matt, this is what I did and it's worked out really well. Can you just share a success story or a quick example for our audience today? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of our close friends, so the book's only been out for about a week and a half, but I did have some advanced reader copies go out to personal friends that I, I trust. And I didn't look at just sales too. I wanted people across the board because I wanted a diverse array of feedback. I don't know if I'm talking and I'm too much in my own head and using industry terms. I wanted 
diverse opinions. So uh, one of our close friends, Sherry Thomas, is actually starting her own social listening company. And I sent her a copy because I had been in that world. I sent it to her and she's doing it as a consultancy. And she's doing some really cool stuff. And she's extrapolating this data for really cool companies. And I was like, Sherry, here's a couple things. Like, here's this book. Tell me what you get out of it. And she's been really consistent about posting these great TikTok videos and posting on LinkedIn. Now, can I definitively say one of the clients that caught her attention was because of that? No, I don't know. But like, I mean, I'm glad that she's seen the impact of creating these TikToks, which has been really good for her because she can be like I am in front of a screen with, you know, all the data behind it and showing here's what's trending. Um, here's what's happening in the news and breaking it down really conceptually. And I, I've seen a big uptick on like when she's posting and she's like, oh, I didn't even think about time of day. Like I've just been working into like 1 p 1 a.m. and then just posting it but no one's really online at that time. And it's like, she's like, I've gotten some good tips and tricks on how do I create my professional brand? What are the types of things that I talk about? Who do I want to be as a company in, in establishing that brand? So I'm, I'm not taking credit for any of that, but I'm glad that someone's at least getting one idea from it. I am just one opinion. These are mine and that's fine. If you want to take a couple of them, great. And if they work, excellent. But again, it's a really long-term road. You won't plan to see results really fast but it is meant to help establish you in a, a better cadence. So I'm just really happy that anyone who's read this book, I have another great friend from college. He was like, I didn't even know Google Alerts was a thing. And he's a med device. He's a VP at a company. I'm, yeah, it's awesome. You can understand what's going on as it happens and you don't have to do anything. Set it and forget it. So I'm glad people are just pulling out little nuggets and they're like, I like this. I want to use it. And that's all it's meant for. If the rest of it is like, yeah, I know that. Great. I don't think I want to do that. It doesn't work for me. Cool. But I love hearing the feedback that there's like one little piece someone got out of it that they didn't already know. This is Danny. And I appreciate you talking about that because when we think about taking our IP, taking what's in our brain and actually trying to help individuals, if I can just help one person better yeah. their business, better their life, better their brand, help one of their clients to have success then I've did, I've did my part. I've done my part. And a lot of times we, we tell ourselves, I don't think I have value. Even your mentor is saying, hey, write this down. When you put what you have and you give it to the masses and somebody can benefit from it, then you know what? It, it was worth it. If your friend can realize that there's a time when she needs to post, there's a time when she needs to do these TikToks and it has increased her brand, it has increased her awareness in order to provide the right material to her clients, whether that be a two-minute TikTok or a 30-second TikTok, the fact that she knows when to post it, she knows exactly what to say, she knows exactly how to add value, that's worth it. And I'm an engineer in my background. Uh, I know that I, I lead a sales training company. We work with uh, Google Cloud, Microsoft, AWS partners. We help them scale their business by implementing sales practices and, and revenue optimization tools. One of the things I will tell you is that they all get to a point where they're technical, but they need help with sales and nothing beats that transition to really help them understand sales than having a worksheet, than having a guide for them to follow. And they can actually go in and look at what they've done, what they're missing, and they can fill it out and they can fill it in and things like that. So I really appreciate you putting all that together because as you said, look, if one of these tools can help you, if this tool doesn't, that's fine. But if it can help you, excellent jump on it, grab on it. And because I'm in the IT space and Matt, you know this, a lot of the partners that are in this space are helping clients who maybe don't know much about the cloud. Well, these partners don't know much about the social tools. They're still, yep. they're still doing things the old fashioned way. And I know that, wait, they're IT, they're IT partners, but they're still doing things the old fashioned way. They're not taking advantage of these new tools that are out there in order to relate to the client. So when partners that pick up this book, that are AWS partners, that are Microsoft partners, that are Google Cloud partners, when they pick up this book, uh, in a sense, they're really learning something new that is like, they've never tried this really before. If you look at their LinkedIn pro, pro profile, it's not personable. It's just really uh, corporate marketing uh, regurgitation. It says the same thing that everyone else says. It says all the same things that the competitors say. How do you encourage them to say, look, do this exercise, learn about your client, learn where they're at and say the things that's going to help increase your brand. Because at the end of the day, we want as many people to click on your profile. We want as many people to click on your website. We want as many people to do these clicks because that's going to lead into yep. new clients. 
that's really what's important. It's not just having a splash website out. It's about how do I engage with my clients because I want those clicks to turn into real life clients. So give us a little bit more insight on how you can get uh, uh, to this position where you teach an IT old dog new tricks. <laughs> you bring up a really interesting point, right? And I think a lot of people, especially in sales and IT are, are kind of stuck in their ways, the traditional ways of doing things, right? And where I've really been the most disruptive in my career was when I moved to Cleveland and I, I came into a market where I didn't have a book of business. I was the disruptor, right? I was the one coming out and being like, here's how I'm going to do things. And over the course of working at a partner who now is an AWS partner, Presidio, I opened 24 net new customers in four years. We're talking about enterprises like a Sherwin-Williams, a Lincoln Electric, a Jones Day, an Amtrust Financial, and my NDs are over there. I'm not talking about what we did, but that actually got me new relationships. That was huge. And this foundational thing of being this thought leader, whereas other people are like, I've sold to them for 15 years. They've got their feet up. They're working on a refresh cycle. That was their business. I came in and, and shook things up a little bit. Now, was the timing right? Maybe, right? I can't attribute it all to myself, but I think you bring a really interesting point up about, let's just talk about IT and engineering. I, I talk to my solution architect all the time at AWS who works with me on partners and aligning partners to customer outcomes. And I was like, Roger, you're doing a lot around this manufacturing space, right? How to help improve supply chain, sustainability, uh, everything connected so you can do diagnostics and all that cool stuff. I was like, dude, you could use this book to be the thought leader for everything manufacturing as it relates to AWS. Like you have an opinion. You've yeah. gone to these sites. You've seen what good and bad looks like or what the possible could be. Your voice should be that if you really want to lean into it, right? I can only encourage so much, but that's why I keep saying this book isn't just for sales. Everyone's selling at some point. If you're an engineer, you're selling how you do it and that it's going to be successful. So I think there's a good applicability. You can have an opinion and a stance. So if you want to be the go-to for contact center, right? Great. If you want to be the the go-to for flash storage on-prem. Awesome. You just got to figure out how that's relatable. And then again, aligning the content to it and then becoming part of those conversations. I would even actually really recommend I do this. I set up uh, on LinkedIn. I'm not just following AWS. I'm following what's going on at my competitors. So Microsoft, GCP, I want to hear what they're saying around the cloud. And the hot topic today is Gen AI. I don't want to get into all that, but like, I want to know what my competitors <laughs> are saying. And I, I want to know how our partners are talking about it. Not because I sell against, but I want to truly understand what is our value prop as opposed to that. Like, so, Hey, if a customer's considering this solution and they're considering it from AWS and Microsoft. I want to make sure I can align the partner that also is really strong in that area, but understanding both differences. So I think it's really helpful to not just follow your own company, right? But also your competitors, see what they're saying. That is part of the ecosystem. You have to be aware of everything. You have to look at both sides of the spectrum. If you look at one side, just what AWS is talking about, you've got tunnel vision. Now, do you necessarily talk about your competitors? No, not really. You shouldn't, but you should just be aware of it because yeah. awareness is key. And again, it's going to help formulate the message and where things are going in the industry. And that helps you have a more educated conversation with your customers. And it's somewhat challenging at first, but everyone's got to start somewhere, right? Again, kind of fake it until you make it. You got to listen, you got to talk, and then you got to be part of the conversation. I have a couple great examples in the book. Um, if you look at the Winklevoss twins, right? Like You're getting to my Facebook. next question. Yeah, you want to go in? Uh, I can wait if you want to wait no, on no, it. But. No, Matt, Matt, please, because I was actually going to, this is David, by the way, and I love this, how we're in sync, Matt, because you're literally touching on the next question I was going to ask you about the Winklevoss twins, their own journey with Bitcoin, how they, yep. they became sought after voices for all things cryptocurrency. This yeah. this is something you touched on. So so please, please go, continue your, your thought. Because this is exactly where I was going and what I wanted to leave our audience with. Please finish that up. Yeah. So really good example. So I have two good examples and there's plenty of other ones of people who have become synonymous. I kind of like to call it the Paul Newman effect, right? Is he an actor or does he just make salad dressing? Hard to know. Um, Seth Rogen, does he just make ashtrays or does he do, do stoner comedies? Who knows, right? So the Winklevoss twins um, had to start somewhere, you know, coming out of Facebook, they were like, this thing of Bitcoin and blockchain really interests us. This is kind of cool. Now, did they know everything about it? No, they don't start as experts. No one starts as an expert. And this is where kind of the fake it till you make it comes in. 
they started listening to what was going on with blockchain and learning about it just slowly over time. They eventually found people who are a little bit more thought leaders in the area. Um, what are people saying about who created it? What are the use cases and the utility around it? And then they started commenting. Then they started to share their own content. And now they're almost synonymous because they've been at this forefront, but they really started from nothing. Now, again, didn't happen overnight, but they're almost synonymous now more so with Bitcoin than they are with Facebook. They've got their own exchange. They've really parlayed that into this huge thing that they are kind of the, the go-to voices among a couple other people around Bitcoin, like Michael Saylor and, and everyone else. So it's really interesting to start, but I, I think that's encouragement more for everyone listening that whether you're in sales, whether you're in IT, whether you're in real estate or whatever, you got to start somewhere, right? Like the hardest thing to do is that first step. And that's really where to begin. And again, you won't be an expert immediately, but the idea is to have you become synonymous as whatever you're trying to deliver to your target audience or customers. This is Danny. When we think about what inspires us, and you talked about your mentor who kind of helped you to say, Matt, take these great ideas, write them down every day. Over a period of time, you have a you have a, a opportunity to create a book with an ability to help people simple step, step-by-step step a worksheet to get them to move forward into this digital selling age. All these things have been fantastic and great. You're, you talk about your background. You talk about the organization you were at before you went to AWS. You talk about your interest in real estate. So you have all these great things happening all at once. And, the, and then of course, you work at one organization. You talk about following the competitor, but yet in your own household, you have somebody that works for the competition. So I know that's got to be some interesting, uh, yeah. you know, breakfast or <laughs> breakfast times as well. But uh, what I want to ask is along the way, something told you, something inspired you, something moved you to write only, not only write this book, but to realize that, hey, I have something I can give back to people. And, and nothing happens overnight. Somebody has to push you. Someone has to inspire you. And you talked about your mentor. But let me ask you, with your partner in crime, who works with the competition in your own house as well, what ways has uh, she helped give you the time to write this book? Because as we think about our lives, we think about that we work a lot of hours at work. And you know, you know, and I know when it comes to working for Amazon and when it comes to working for some of these hyperscalers out there, you're putting a lot of work in there because your yep. success is built upon your partner's success. And it's also built upon the strategies that Amazon or Microsoft or Google has said, this is what it's going to take in order to move forward. And this is where we see the trends going. So all this stuff is happening all at once, but yet you have a individual in your own household who has given you the space, giving you this time to write. So Tell me how it's been having a supporter in your household who really helped you by giving you the space, giving you the time. And what did that do for you? What did that mean for you to be able to have somebody who is willing to allow you to write a book that's going to actually change the lives of business leaders out there today? What was that like having that person in the household every day uh, to give you that time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Honestly, Kristen, super supportive, right? And we we both actually have a lot of hobbies. Some of them are interconnected, some of them are not. So we we have a lot of mutual interdependence. And she's got her own fun hobbies too. Like we both are creators. We like doing that, like building new things, but sometimes they're in separate directions. And the nice thing is, is it's just like, you know, sometimes during the day, it's like, oh, I have this great thought I should put in the book and I'll just quickly write it down in like a Google notes. And I'm like, I got to come back to that later, right? Or it's the end of the day, I'm like, hey, I'm going to bust this out for like 15 minutes and then let's go do this together. So we actually both kind of have that um, support where she's like, hey, I've, I've got to go do this on my side project. Like, here's what I'm working on. Um, and I'm like, hey, I need to carve out time for this. So the nice thing is, is, you know, when you work from home and especially with COVID, like it's together all the time and everything becomes mashed. I mean, you would laugh at the size of our office, even though we work for competing companies we don't want to dedicate more time to work in our house. Like we actually want to detach because I think what happened over COVID and as a side thing is like everyone got too enamored into work. Like work was always on. You're sitting on your couch. Everyone knows you're home. You get a Slack message. You're like, oh, I guess I'll go check this. It's eight o'clock at night. Like you got to cut a hard distinction there and really set boundaries. And it's not boundaries as far as like support goes internally. But I think finding the time to actually write this was about myself creating boundaries and I actually have a whole idea on 
you know, creating either bonus content or free content. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. And I haven't even gotten that far because I'm still focused on this book, but like how to create a, a work-life balance and write something about it, but really through the lens of boundary setting, right? How do you set boundaries at work and how do you maintain your own individual lifestyle and hobbies to be able to do some of these creative things that otherwise your work is just stealing your time. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way, like work will take your time if you do not protect it, right? And I think Kristen and I really align in those ideals of creating that boundary to be able to explore our own separate passions. And again, one of the things in real estate, we bought a place in Memphis at the beginning of the year and we moved down there. And while we were working, we, that, that was our work, but we, we shut it off at five. And then we would design and decorate our vacation condo that we use. And then other people are going to rent midterm. So it's all about communication and, and boundary setting, but the support, we're both on the same page. Like I probably couldn't have done it without the support or just the time needed to say like, Hey, I, I just need to carve out 20, 30 minutes to do this, but vice versa. Again, she's working on her own stuff. So it's been a really good process, but I think it also comes into just our mindset on what is work. Work is not a definition of me. It's what I do that supports my lifestyle. Now I'm good at it and I appreciate it, but it, it is not a defining thing of me. I am not known as Matt who works at AWS. I'm Matt who has probably a million more hobbies than he needs. <laughs> yeah, this is David and it's clear that you're passionate. You're excited about the things that you're pursuing. You are providing a resource that a lot of professionals need to be able to grab. And I would say that for our listening audience today, don't come across to your prospects, to your ideal clients as the typical salesperson. Don't be that person that doesn't go beyond their normal wear and tear, so to speak, of their background. Be what your title and your role defines. Be a true professional. Learn what your clients are really interested in. They're doing their own homework. They've, they've already know exactly what they're it. looking for. They've done it. So social selling is increasing deal sizes. Social selling is shortening your sales cycle. Fill your funnel with the right opportunities and build through connecting with your clients in a humanistic way. Go beyond the likes. Go beyond the comments. Know what they're into and follow them on the digital platforms that they're in so that you can elevate your own sales journey. Matthew, it's been a pleasure having you here. I know if people are interested in following you, they can go to LinkedIn and find yeah. you. You are a senior partner sales manager at Amazon Web Services. They could go on Amazon, which we're going to encourage Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all these out there, but pick <laughs> up Matthew's book, Clicks to Clients, Proven Sales Strategies for the Digital Era. Pick this up. I guarantee you're going to find this to be a valuable resource and not just a book sitting on your bookshelf. Matthew, thank you for joining our program. We thank look you for forward to me. seeing your journey. Thank you again for sharing your thoughts with us. Yeah, thank you for, thank you for having me. Really appreciated talking to you guys. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.